Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I have been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Brianna Grant. Brianna is a longtime animal lover who became interested in animal advocacy after volunteering at her local rescue group and adopting a stray cat that was living in her neighborhood. Through this experience, she learned about TNR and the concept of community cats. She attended Tufts University and gained her master's degree in animals and public policy. She's the communications associate at Alley Cat Rescue and focuses on special media and advocacy writing. Brianna, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So before we take a deep dive into our topic today, I'd just like to find out how did you develop a passion for cats? I um, was involved when I found a poor, sad little stray cat living outside my neighborhood. I was going to work one day, and it was one of those days where it rained all night, and it was just gray and bleary out. And I saw this cat who was soaking wet and was eating out of my garbage cans for food. And my heart just broke. And if I wasn't late for work that day, I was going to run inside, get her cat food, try and take care of her. So then I spent the next few months after that feeding her, taking care of her, trying to socialize her. And I learned a lot about TNR and community cats because I was in contact with local rescue and shelter groups trying to figure out how do I best take care of her? And after that, my passion with animal advocacy and protecting cats evolved. So when you were at uh, Tufts, did you focus in on the cat issue at, at school there? I did, yes. I did a bunch of work focusing on um, animal crush videos, which is an unfortunate topic, obviously, but it does affect domestic animals such as cats and dogs. And I did work on um, promoting FIV positive cats for adoption in different topics such as that. Oh, that's great. My my cat Hooch would be very happy to hear that. (laughs) Oh, I'm glad. He's FIV positive. He lives with Misha, who is FIV negative. So, and he's a former former cat from Lowell, Massachusetts. So not that far from from Tufts. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah. So we are big fans of uh, having FIV positive cats adopted and they can live with negative cats. And it's, you know, not, it's certainly not a death sentence for cats. That's for sure. Certainly not. Not at all. That's um, a large focus of Alley Cat Rescue. We have FIV positive cats available for adoption now, and they're allowed to roam around the shelter with FIV negative cats. And we think it's perfectly healthy and it helps both cats, FIV negative and positive. Yeah. At the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society that I used to run, uh, we started having our FIV positive cats with our negative cats loose on the floor in uh, 2003. So it's been quite a while. Yeah. And those FIV positives, when we first let them sort of out of the FIV room for the first time, they all got adopted within the first week because they were, to be honest, friendlier than the negative cats. Mm -hmm. And so they showed so well sort of in the front of the building 
uh, and we found them quite a few homes. So the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society is known for very successfully adopting out FIV positive as well as feline leukemia positive cats too. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So it's, it's great. So I'm a, a huge FIV positive as well as a feline leukemia positive um, adopt, adoptive uh, supporter. Uh, so to speak. So being director the, in charge of the advocacy at, at Alley Cat Rescue, there's been a hot topic, an issue that has really come to the forefront, something that's happening in Australia. And I was wondering if you might share that information with our listeners today. Sure. One of our current advocacy campaigns is focused on a feral cat bounty hunt, as I call it, that was announced in Banana Shire, Queensland. Basically, this bounty would allow hunters to go out and kill cats and bring them to their local government. It would be $10 for the scalp of an adult cat and $5 for the scalp of a kitten. And all the hunters need is permission from the property owner to be on their property for the purposes of hunting. And so, obviously, at Alley Cat Rescue, we are very opposed to this. This is going to encourage animal cruelty, and it's counterproductive towards reducing the cat population in that area. Is this something that is already in effect, or is it something that's pending? It's already in effect. It actually um, hasn't had any hunters claim cats' uh, scalps as of yet, and it's been in effect in other municipalities in Australia So our goal is really to raise awareness for this, and hopefully large-scale media attention will make other areas in Australia think twice before they implement a similar bounty. And currently in Banana Shire, they also have bounties for foxes, dingoes, wild dogs. So hunting animals and bringing it to their local government is not a new concept there. That seems that they go to it as their sort of uh, magical solution or something. You know, when in doubt, make it a bounty, which is is interesting. So in the other areas in Australia where there has been a bounty, have those programs actually happened? I mean, it just, it amazes me that somebody would actually do this. So I just wonder if something has been created, but nobody's really going to use it or has it been used in other areas? Unfortunately, in the other area I looked at that had this bounty, it was also for $25,000, I believe, and they ended up using all their funds. So people brought in a lot of dead cat scalps, which is really unfortunate because when you have hunters going out and they have a small target such as a cat, there's no guarantee that it's going to be a humane death. Unfortunately, if they don't, if they shoot the cat in the wrong spot, this cat could be wandering around with injuries for days or weeks before it dies. Right. No, I mean, it's not, it's not a humane situation at all. Have you been in touch with uh, any local authorities or as an advocate, you know, to try and raise awareness or potentially change something. How do you approach this? We've tried to contact the mayor and uh, the city council, but they have not contacted us back. The mayor has released a statement saying that calls for sterilization programs are ridiculous. And so 
they have stood by their cat bounty, which obviously makes their job harder, but we're just going to push harder to show them that implementing TNR and sterilization programs is the humane way to help the cat population. Right. It's funny because from my perspective, I'm looking at this $25,000 and doing my math, it results into about 2,000, 2,500 cats. And I'm always going into statistics and stuff. And that, that seems like a drop in the bucket with regards to the number of free roaming cats that tend to be, or I've, I'm under the impression that are sort of out there in, in, in Australia. And so I've, if you're only going to get a, a certain very small percentage of cats anyway with this, you're, you're definitely not going to be effective in any way, shape, or form. Exactly. It's not going to create long-term changes in the cat population at all. And that 25000 is better used for other purposes, such as promoting TNR, helping local shelters with... Um, help in the feral cat populations in the area. Yeah, the MASH-style clinics that I've run in the past with volunteers, we've used with volunteers, and the cost to um, sterilize a cat on average works out to about $14 in the United States. So you could even do some very grassroots efforts and get a good you know, number of cats done, spayed, neutered you know, through those programs. I want to hear from you what the Community Cats Podcast means to you. You can now leave a recorded testimonial on the Community Cats Podcast website and share your thoughts about the show. You can also ask questions, share show ideas, pretty much anything you want. Just go to www.communitycatspodcast.com and click on the testimonial link and record. You hear from me all of the time, and now I want to hear from you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. Is this a situation, though, where they have to kind of go through this and realize they have to give up on it, which is a really hard thing for us to think about because it's really cruel and inhumane way for cats to be. But I feel like sometimes... People have such a, a hard time learning their lessons. I, I don't know a way, you know, I've, I've talked with so many people over the years and say, really, this is the way that it should be done. And approaching somebody by saying this should be done usually isn't received so well. Yeah, I think that certainly has something to do with it. Like you said, it seems like bounty hunting is their go-to solution whenever there seems to be overpopulation. But as we've seen with bounty hunting on kangaroos, it's not effective. And I think in the area of Queensland, they're not very open in general to the idea of TNR. I don't think it's as universally known as it is in the United States. So I think that's also part of the resistance. So the desire is to sort of go one community at a time, or are there sections in Australia, where TNR is successful, that you can use as a case study? There is. There is um, a recently released study this year that actually found in an urban area in Australia, it decreased um, colony sizes from a median of 11 and a half cats to six and a half cats over less than two and a half years. And that was through adoptions and alternate 
altering of 69% of the population. So there have been studies that are showing that TNR can be effective in Australia, not just in the United States. And then one thing that I would try and do, or I tried to do in Massachusetts when I got pushback from certain communities about TNR, was I would try and get those successful towns to at least write letters of recommendation supporting TNR, and then I would aggressively copy those letters and basically spread it into sort of the hot pocket areas and the surrounding towns, trying to make it sort of like a contagious disease and also be sort of like, well, so-and-so is doing this over here, so you could do this over here, you know, that kind of thing, and try and do a little peer pressure. Um, I know that obviously Australia is a huge, huge country, but you know, maybe maybe that's the way to try and, and advocate, but also just turning the tables to, for those of us listening, many of our listeners are in the United States. Some of our listeners are actually in Australia too. So, you know, if you are local, what can you do to help? And if you're in the United States or in another country, what can you do to help? Our goal at this point is to make sure people are talking about it and are aware of it. It's already become this international news story, and I'm sure the mayor of Banana Shire and the city council are hoping people get bored with this topic and move on. (laughs) So our goal is to make sure people aren't bored and are continuing to talk about this. And we have a petition that we um, currently active that people can sign. It has over 137,000 signatures. And almost 16,000 of them are from people in Australia themselves, which we're very proud of. And a lot of people signing this petition in Australia are saying that they're worried about their domestic cats. They're worried if their cat wanders outside or if they have an indoor-outdoor cat, that their cat is going to be killed and scalped for money. Right. No, it's it's terrible. It's a, it's really a, a, I don't understand the thought process in going there. But it seems to be something that is out there, and it seems to be the mentality of, you know, what the what the mayor and the city council seems to to want to do, and hopefully with all this extra peer pressure going on too, that may get the hunters not so interested in bringing in any scalps. Mm-hmm. That's our goal, and we're also hoping to work with local animal advocacy groups in Australia, hopefully the local government to come up with a plan that will address cat overpopulation. We've seen a lot of resistance because Banana Shire has rural areas and they don't want to implement TNR in rural areas, but we're willing to discuss a humane solution. In this area, are there low-cost spay-neuter clinics? Not that I could find. In um, this area, feral cats are considered a restrictive invasive animal under the Biosecurity Act of 2014. And so for citizens to move, feed, give away, or release uh, community cats, they need to go to the government and get a permit to do so. So TNR behaviors are discouraged. And what about indoor-outdoor cats? owned indoor outdoor cats what's the general attitude there seems to be um a good amount of people that do have indoor outdoor cats in the area because there are parts of more rural areas 
And, you know, some people in urban areas are worried about cats getting hit by cars, and that seems to be less of the problem there. But according to people responding to our petitions, that idea of indoor-outdoor cats may change while this bounty is in effect. I find that very fascinating to have a region that is not supportive of trap new to return, but yet uh, understanding of an indoor-outdoor cat environment. I, I find it a very interesting mix. I just don't, I don't understand the mentality around that one. It is very interesting. A lot of the resistance we've seen towards community cats in this area is the idea that they're causing the wildlife declines. And so that's where a lot of resistance has been. But we would hope that the government, instead of using $25,000 to pay people to kill cats, would help with deforestation and habitat loss in that area to truly help the wildlife. So, Brianna, let's take a little step back here. Can you just tell us a little bit more about Alley Cat Rescue and what what you actually do? What are your programs? Any other special projects you've been working on? Sure. Alley Cat Rescue, we're a cat advocacy group. We focus on protecting both domestic and free-roaming cats. That involves on-the-ground rescue work, such as TNR, and we also are involved in local, national, and international advocacy. Our work in Australia against the community cat bounty is one of our international programs. We've also been involved in South Africa to help save the African wildcat and to help promote TNR in that area. So we really try and focus on you know, a large geographic area because we believe in protecting all cats, no matter what area they're in. And didn't you publish a book relatively recently? We did, yes. That is our president, Louise Holton's handbook on all things TNR. And it's a great read to really understand not just how TNR is implemented, but the benefits of TNR in neighborhoods, the benefits of community cats. And it's really a great very in-depth book. Fantastic. If folks would like to find out more about Alley Cat Rescue, how would they do that? They can look at us on Facebook. We're Alley Cat Rescue Inc. We've been posting our updates to our Australian campaign and other campaigns there. They can also go to saveacat.org, which is our main website. And is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? I'd just like to let our listeners know to Keep looking into this issue if you're considering vacationing in Australia and maybe you're concerned about that. Let somebody in the Australian government know. Yeah, I think it's great. I mean, uh, it's. So I'll be honest and I'll say sometimes when I'm choosing a vacation location, I will try to go to areas that I know have strong trap new to return programs so that then I won't have to worry about the cats while I'm on vacation mm-hmm. because the last thing I want to worry about is, you know, feeding a group of feral cats behind my hotel, which many of us have done on many a vacation. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, it is one of those things that it's important. One of the reasons why we started our program in Newburyport, Massachusetts was because the number of cats was impacting the tourists' experience on the waterfront because there were just so many cats. And so I think it is important for a community to know that if they don't have a humane trap new to return program, 
you know, in a touristy area, it is going to impact the overall visitor experience. Definitely. And um, so, yeah, as a, as a tourist, if you are, con- you know, considering a trip to Australia, it's worth it to write a letter to the mayor and just say, hey, I'm not going to come to your town because it's not it's it's just this is not not right and it's not appropriate and they need they need to change things and um and as true with anything that's happening in your own local community it's not only something for australia but if you have something going on in your state or your town or your county that you think needs to be changed you can make a difference so brianna i want to thank you so much for joining me today And I hope that you'll be a guest on my show in the future. Thanks so much for having me. The Community Cats podcast will soon be a year old with over 200 episodes profiling amazing people who are all making a difference in the lives of community cats. If you would like to support the show, but not be a sponsor, feel free to contribute to our efforts by going to www.communitycatspodcast.com and follow the donate link. Help us to continue to provide excellent programming. 